I tried to allow my children to take risks, to test themselves. Better broken bones than broken spirit. That was a quote by Rose Kennedy, and it's how I started off an Instagram post that I wrote November 19th of 2023. And the rest of the post goes something like this. It has taken me almost 26 years to write this post, long before social media even existed. The ghost of my broken bones waiting patiently for the universe to act once again. Jerry, what are you going to do? You have horses to ride. Mom said that to me 26 years ago after breaking my left arm at a rodeo riding saddle bronc horses. Mom hated that I rode bucking horses and acting like a child, I did my best to hide it from her. I also did my best to hide a freshly put back together broken left arm. How dare I think she would not notice. Four days after having surgery and a pin shoved down into my upper left arm to reconnect the upper and lower parts of a broken bone, I was horseback. My mother would not have it any other way. She was angry and disappointed that I broke it, and she was not about to let me lay around and act like I was in pain and incapable of riding my horses. I was in pain, but pain was something I could handle. Letting down mom was worse than any number of shattered bones. Mom helped me with my horses, but she also helped me with my mindset and my ability to listen to my mind and body. She showed me that pain was something we could handle and that we could do what others considered impossible or insane. On Tuesday, I broke my arm, and the only thing that upset me was the possibility of not being able to ride and show Miss Jones in the Clovis Cactus Futurity in Leveland, Texas, and also to show the following day in the last RHA show of the year in San Angelo, Texas. It didn't take long for me to tell myself I was going to show. No, I didn't get put back together in time for the futurity, but I made the show in San Angelo and accomplished what a lot of people didn't think would be possible. The buckle is tangible proof of the indestructible mindset my mother instilled in me. My next podcast will dive deep into this story of both broken arms and the ghost hidden within. And I ended that post with a quote by Shia LaBeouf, and it went like this. When a gust of wind hits a broken bone, you feel it. So, honestly, I've been wanting to talk about when I broke my arm 20-some-odd years ago, but I never felt like I had a real reason or a real connection to that story without another story presenting itself. And it's like I've always talked about and and, and probably a reoccurring theme that, that I'm going to bring up often in my podcast is not only my mother and what she did for me as far as becoming a horseman, but also the universe. I, I really do think that the universe is doing something to make things happen, you know, to be involved in everything I do and in a lot with with everything that, that everyone else does, if they choose to recognize whatever their universe might be. And so I'll talk a little bit about that particular broken arm in that time and what I went through and how it brought me to this moment where I broke my arm this past Tuesday. And so back in 
1997, I'd been working on a ranch south of Marathon, Texas, and I had kind of gotten to a point where I wanted to be doing something other than cowboying, at least for a little while, and I had found a way to move back to San Antonio and live with mom and dad, and I took a nine-to-five job working for a vet supply company, but at the same time, I was still riding some outside horses. Uh, Mom was still breaking colts and still riding some of her other horses. And so she just basically handed those colts off to me. And at the same time, I was still wanting to rodeo a little bit. And I really don't have an answer why I liked riding saddle bronc horses. Because like I've talked about before... I never really liked riding bucking horses. It was just something to do. And I think it was more or less the idea that I got to travel with my friends, even if it was in the state of Texas. It was There was that brotherhood, that camaraderie going to these rodeos. And, and I think that was more of what it was. And also the, the guy that I was traveling with, I loved dearly. He was a good friend. He was a hell of a musician and a hell of a bareback rider. Um, But that's a story for another time. So anyway, uh, I had been, you know, living at home with mom and dad and riding horses with mom in the evenings. And on the weekends, if I wasn't at a rodeo, uh, I would spend time horseback with mom. And we were working polo horses And then just had some odds and ends as far as as young horses went. But it was one of those times in my life where it didn't matter if I'd stayed out all night. Mom got me up first thing in the morning to ride with her. And when I would get home in the evenings after working the 9 to 5, Mom either had a horse saddled waiting for me or she was waiting for me to help her. And, And... it was priceless time. It it was, you know, it, it, it's hard to explain unless you've been there, unless you've done that with your, with your mom or dad, grandpa, grandma, whoever a horseman might've been in your family and, and who you got to spend those, those times with. But so it was good because I was kind of enjoying a little bit of, of what, a lot of people might consider a normal life, you know, just, uh, you know, getting up in the morning, going to work, clocking in, clocking out, and then in my free time, riding horses, as if it was a hobby, but it was, it was part of my life, it was part of my lifestyle, and I, I am so grateful for those times, I'm grateful that my mother kept me horseback, that she didn't let me give in to an easy life, of that nine to five or really showing her disapproval of rodeoing. And so moving on to this rodeo, it was, oh, if I remember right, it was the Labor Day weekend and it was a CPRA rodeo and it was one of Johnny Ackles horses and the rodeo was in Somerville. And of all things you don't hear much of in these smaller associations is, you know, enter the rodeo, expect you're going to be in the performance on Friday or Saturday night. And of all things, Kermit and I both drew up in the slack on Thursday. And so I got off of work early. We drove to Somerville, Texas, 
and we barely made it. My horse was actually loaded in the chute, and I hurried up, got cinched down, sat down on this horse, nodded my head, and when the horse came out of the chute, he just kind of ran down the pen. And about two-thirds of the way down the pen, he kind of just swallowed his head and went to bucking. But by that time, I had already grabbed my buck rein with both hands because I, I had this weird feeling that somehow this horse was just going to just run all the way down the pen. And so when I leaned out to my right and kind of laid over the the saddle of the pickup man, the pickup horse kind of kicked out at that bucking horse. And, and I'm not blaming the horse or the pickup man or anybody, but what happened is it threw me up in the air, and when I came back on, down on the ground, I landed flat on my chest with my arms kind of out, you know, left and right side. And when that left arm hit the ground, it just snapped the upper part of my my arm in half. And I hit my head on the ground, and and I didn't realize I had broke my arm. So I, I got up, and, and I noticed that one of my boots was also laying on the on the arena floor and and so I picked up my boot and I'm walking out of the arena and I felt a little dazed you know and I kind of thought well I just hit my head on the ground and the guy opened the gate to let me out and he asked me if I was all right and I said yeah I think I just hit my head a little bit and he said no I I think you got a broken arm and this is where I first met the ghost of my broken bones because I didn't think anything of it. I thought my left hand was holding on to my my belt loop on the front of my jeans. And, and when I looked down, I realized that my arm was laying off to the side, like kind of just hanging out there. And, and so right then and there, I was kind of confused because I didn't really know what I was feeling. But then all of a sudden I was thinking, crap, I just broke my arm and broke it bad. And it started to swell up and they walked me over there to the uh, to the ambulance, and they they had me sit up inside the ambulance. And the paramedic, I think she she was one of those that probably worked every rodeo in that area because she knew how to handle rodeo cowboys. She she had a lot of sass, and she was really quick witted. And at the same time, Kermit came over there and and asked me if I was okay, and I told him, you know, I think I broke my arm. And he hustled back off because he had to get on his horse. And so it they ended up hauling me to the hospital in the ambulance. And, and I did my best to impress the paramedic in the back of the ambulance. And at the same time, she just kept telling me that I should probably pick a different hobby. And uh, she was right. But I got to the hospital and, and they x-rayed me and... The doctor explained to me that they couldn't put a cast on it, and I I couldn't understand why. I kind of thought, just put a cast on it, send me home, I'll be all right. And so he's explaining to me that they could either tape my arm to my chest for the next three, four, five months, however long it took to heal, or I would have to have surgery, and they would have to probably put a steel pin down into the into the bone which I couldn't even comprehend what that meant and so I I told them that I would go back to San Antonio and I would figure it out and they asked me what hospital I wanted to go to and 
growing up, we always used a hospital on the southeast side of San Antonio, and it was uh, Southeast Baptist Hospital. So that was the first one that popped into my head. So the doctor said, well, we're going to call ahead. You just get back to San Antonio and get fixed up. And by that time, Kermit had showed up, and he had been drinking already, uh, which was part of it back then and, and probably part of it and still to this day. But he actually asked me if I would drive back to San Antonio, and, and I all I wanted to do was get home. I wanted to get fixed as fast as I could. I was in a lot of pain, and anybody that's broken bones understands that ghost-like feeling in your bones, you know, it, where it feels connected but not connected, and there's this weird kind of shifting feeling, you know, between the separations of the bones, and, and I kept feeling that, and it was weird, and I didn't really know what to think of it and so I climbed up in the truck and and Kermit drove a oh gosh a late late 90s I think uh Ford and it had a five-speed transmission in it and so we headed back back to San Antonio and I was trying to drive and shift this truck at the same time and we made it to Southeast Baptist and it was probably midnight by the time we got there and Kermit helped me get in they got me checked in and then Kermit said he'd just see me tomorrow he was going to come pick me up after surgery and so it was everything was just really casual it was uh just kind of like no big deal you know we were young and reckless you know and, and kind of just careless about a lot of that stuff and so when they got me up into my room and settled in that night I remember trying to ask the nurse questions and she wouldn't really give me any answers. I, and, and I hadn't talked to a doctor. It was, but at the same time, it, it just didn't occur to me that my arm was broken in half and that they were going to have to take a steel pin and shove it down through both pieces of bone to connect them back together, to get them lined up, get them fixed. And so she gives me a shot of morphine and, and, and man, I, I felt like I elevated off the bed. And that was kind of the last thing I remembered that night. So first thing that morning, they come in there and they start explaining to me about surgery. And and uh, they wheeled me off. And, and the next thing I remember, I was waking up in a recovery room. And it was dark. I felt like I was in a morgue. It was, I came to and I was a little bit confused. And I looked around and and it was kind of a big room with a lot of beds in it, but I felt like I was the only one in that room. And so the nurse came in there and she explained to me what had gone on and, and how surgery was. And, and I never met the doctor. It, and kind of looking back now, it seems kind of absurd, but I, I never shook his hand, never introduced myself, never he just never knew who the doctor was. And, it, and so they... They got me back up to my room and they helped me get dressed. And I remember I was really hungry and really thirsty and I was starving, but I, I just, but at the same time I felt sick and, and actually all I wanted was a cup of coffee. And so then I asked to borrow the phone so I could call Kermit to come pick me up. And he, uh, he said he was eating lunch and that he would come and get me. And he was entered up in Bandera that night. So he's, you know, basically I, I didn't have much of a choice, but I also didn't want to go home. 
because I didn't want to face mom and dad, and especially mom. So he he picked me up. We drove off to Bandera um, later that afternoon, and and I remember standing behind the chutes, and everybody's kind of visiting, and and I kept looking down at my arm, and it was in a sling, and thinking, God bless, it's swollen, you know, and and still kind of in disbelief of the last kind of twenty four hours, you know, like like what, you know. <laughs> what happened, you know, and, and, and so the night got kind of long, and I was tired, and Kermit rode his, his horse, and after that, they all wanted to go to the dance, and, and I remember crawling up in the sleeper in his pickup and going to sleep, and then eventually, he showed back up to the truck, and we, we drove off to another friend's place, because everybody had this idea of the next, the next morning, getting up and going and floating the river it was kind of the last the last two raw of the summer for floating the river and so everybody wanted to float the river so we 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 get back to that a friend of ours house that night and and I remember just laying down and and somebody helped me lay down in the bed because I still couldn't quite balance myself and and I just remember uh hurting you know I I was in pain you know but I was it was still this weird like disbelief that I broke my arm and had surgery and so the next day we get up and everybody's sitting in the kitchen drinking coffee and making a plan for the day to go to the river and uh, a friend of mine's girlfriend was the only one kind of really worried about me everybody else was just pretty laid back and she was probably more worried about me than I was and so they found a pair of shorts for me to to go float the river, and she tied my shoes on. I had a pair of uh, of lace up vans that I bought at Goodwill, and they were kind of my favorite pair of shoes. And I remember when she put them on my feet, I told her, "Don't worry about my socks. I would just float the river with my shoes on." So anyway, we we all go down to to Nebronfuls, and we get tubes, and we all float down the river. And I remember kind of just drifting through that water and every once in a while somebody's tube would bump into me and I would feel that shift again you know in the in the bones and it was just such a strange feeling you know like I I, I referenced the ghost you know and, and it was just that ghost-like feeling and and I've heard it before about amputees you know when when they still think they have a limb and they don't but they have that like feeling that it's still there it's like the ghost of their you know their amputated leg or their amputated arm and and I and and I don't know how else to say it I'm not trying to be insensitive to any of it but it, it's it's a hard feeling to describe if you've never felt it and so I remember just dozing off floating down the river and every once in a while somebody would grab my tube and pull me back towards them and and by the end of the day Kermit was going to drive me home and we had a couple of stops to make and the closer I got to home the the more kind of I started to feel sorry for myself I started to be upset you know I, I started thinking you know god that was a bad idea I shouldn't have done it you know that's stupid this is what I get for riding bucking horses and and I wasn't that good anyway and and I kept thinking all those things because I just didn't know how else to handle my 
my fear and handle my emotions in that moment. And it might sound ridiculous, but I was terrified of, of mom. And it, it wasn't mom getting angry. It was mom getting disappointed. And so we made one stop and then we were about six or seven miles from mom and dad's house. And so Kermit, and I wanted him to kind of string out the day, hoping mom and dad would either be asleep or just not interested in knowing where I'd been or what I'd been doing. So I, I got home that evening and I kind of snuck off to bed and, and I thought, you know, I, I can kind of use my arm. I can take it out of the sling and I can kind of hide, you know, that I just broke it, you know, a couple of days ago. And, and I remember sitting on the couch and mom noticed the swelling in my hand and she asked me what happened and and, and I I told her that that I that I'd hit my arm, you know, that in on the shoots, you know, I I lied to her. And eventually, you know, I I had to kind of tell her. I mean, mom wasn't stupid, you know, and and so I told her what had happened and she was mad. She was she was terribly mad. She was terribly disappointed. And she stormed off and she went and did her thing. And I remember just kind of feeling sorry for myself. And I went outside and laid in a hammock. And I was laying there in that hammock. And uh, it was, if I remember right, it was that Monday, that that Labor Day Monday. And and kind of laying in that hammock looking up through the trees. And the sun would kind of cut through those branches. And I remember mom coming back there and she says, you know, what are you going to do? You got horses to ride. And, and I said, I don't know. And she's like, she, she, she basically said, you're going to get off your ass and you're going to ride those horses. People are paying you to ride their horses. You're going to ride. And she said, I'm going to help you, but you're going to do it. And right then and there, I realized that, that there was no talking my way out of it. It didn't matter if I had a broken arm. It didn't matter that I couldn't hardly lift my left arm. It didn't matter that I couldn't squeeze my fist close. All that mattered is that I was going to ride those horses. And so that afternoon, I went to the barn with mom, and, and she she offered to help saddle my horses, and, and which was shameful in itself, you know, but... But she she was gonna help. She she didn't want me to fail, but she also didn't want me to slack off from my commitments and from what she considered what I was born to do. So the first horse I saddled, she was a brown filly, a three year old, and, and and I don't remember what her name was, but mom got horseback too, and so I walked that horse out of the barn, and and mom stood kind of in front of the head of that horse on her horse so 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 my horse was facing mom's left leg uh kind of like a t-bone and mom was just scratching that horse on the forehead and i had the reins crossed over that horse's neck and i remember with my left my left hand i had to crawl up that horse's shoulder with my left hand because i couldn't freely lift my arm up so it was kind of like a spider crawling up that horse's shoulder. And then I was able to get the reins in my hand. And with my right hand, I grabbed the saddle horn and I jumped up into the stirrup and swung myself on. And 
as soon as I got situated, we started to kind of walk off and we were going to go work horses in the back pasture. And about three strides into walking, that filly stubbed her toe in the ground. And so she kind of stumbled down with her head and she jerked those reins right out of my hand. And the pain right then and there was something that was like blinding. It was like this searing pain, but it was instant and it was over. And mom asked if I was okay. She kind of walked over there and she shoved those reins back towards the saddle horn. And I picked them up and we went out and I trotted for a little bit, which felt weird because once again, the ghost appeared and I couldn't really tell what my hand was doing without constantly checking on it. And I loped and loped and then mom said, you know, and, and once again, mom knows best. She said, why don't you just ride with your right hand, which was awkward. And anybody that, that knows me knows that I do everything with my left hand because it's the hand that I hold my reins in. Everything that they didn't, you know, writing with a pen or, or something that requires my right hand, everything is done with my left hand. So it was really awkward trying to lope circles with my right hand, but, but I had to. And so from then on, it was every day and it got better and better and better. And mom was, was somewhat forgiving me for what I had done. And it was, it it's hard to explain, but it was the mentality that if you can do it, you will do it. You, you, your arm is broken. Yes, it hurts, but it's not keeping you from working your horses. It's not keeping you from doing things. Yeah, it's going to hurt sometimes, but it was mom's indestructible mentality that somehow gave me the same belief that I was indestructible. You know, that, that if, if, if I could make it happen physically then mentally it was going to be that much better and so that was 1997 and it gave me something to be proud of and to brag about but also a reminder that that I did something that mom really encouraged me to not do because it wasn't part of who I was and that was riding saddle bronc horses so there's a lot of lessons I could take from that and and I think the main lesson I took from that time was you know that that we can do so much more than we think we can with how little we have and what I mean by that is I wasn't 100%. I wasn't as strong as I normally was because I had a broken arm. But I was still able to tell myself to do it. And that's because mom told me to do it. Mom believed I could do it. There was no there was no idea of not being able to do it. And even then people thought mom was crazy for making me do that. And it never occurred to me that it was something crazy or insane. Uh, mom was very passionate and she knew how to handle pain. And, and we will get to another podcast where I will talk about mom and dad dealing with pain. 
but this was about her encouraging me to face that pain and to deal with it. So moving on 26 years later, this week, so Tuesday of this week, whichever day that was, uh, 13th or 14th, I, on Tuesday, I broke my arm in, in kind of a freak accident. I was, I was going to start my gas-powered air compressor, and when I pulled the rope to start it, the string broke, and my arm swung backwards and hit a post and pretty much shattered that outside bone, the ulna bone on my right arm. And I knew right then and there I broke it. And I had called Cecilia and told her I broke my arm. And she called the doctor. So I I got in my pickup and and drove myself to the doctor. And while I was driving to the doctor, I was really upset. Not that I broke my arm. I was upset that there was a really good chance that I would not be able to show my three-year-old filly Miss Jones in the Clovis Cactus Futurity in Leveland, Texas, which was important to me because I bought that filly as a yearling to show her in that Futurity as a three-year-old. And I paid in the Futurity. I worked, you know, worked my ass off to get her broke, to get her trained. And I'd been showing her throughout this year with some success. And I was really excited about that. And also, that Saturday was going to be our last RHAA show of the season here in San Angelo. And I remember driving to the doctor, and of course I, I knew I broke my arm, but I didn't know how badly I had broken it. You know, So I didn't really know what to think beyond that I, I know it's broken, it's a matter of how fast can I get it fixed. So I, I go to the doctor, and they were all doubtful that I broke my arm simply because I wasn't writhing in pain you know I wasn't complaining about pain I just was very calm and said I'm pretty sure it's broken so after sitting there and waiting to see the doctor they x-rayed my arm and and the doctor came in there and said well you you dang sure broke it and he explained the break but he wouldn't show me the x-rays because he wasn't my orthopedic surgeon and it, it hospitals are funny about some of those things but it's their job so he explained to me that I broke the bone at an angle and that there was a piece of bone between the break that that could come loose. And so they straightened it out as best they could and they put it in a splint and said, you were probably going to have to have surgery, but your doctor will contact you. And so on my way home, my orthopedic surgeon called me and he asked me what happened. And, and I know him just through the horse business. Uh, which is always really helpful. And so Wednesday morning I went in and saw him and, and he walked into to the room and before he said anything, he's like, you're going to have to have surgery. We're going to have to probably put a plate and six screws in that in that arm to get it fixed. And then he asked me how it happened again and we talked about horses and rain and ranching and he said, we're going to probably do surgery about 5.30 in the morning on Thursday. So broke my arm on Tuesday and Thursday they wanted to do surgery. And they ended up moving it back. I went into the, into the, to the uh, surgery center Thursday morning and, and 
they got me back there and laid me down on the table about nine and I was in recovery at 10 a.m. It was a quick surgery and somewhat painless. But backing up a little bit, I remember laying in bed Wednesday night and thinking, okay, I've been through this before. It was a lot worse. I'm older. I'm wiser now. I'll be able to show on Saturday. I knew I wouldn't be able to show on Friday. There was just no way I could have surgery on Thursday morning, get loaded up, get to level land Thursday night and be able to show Friday. And I just, I, I, I knew that wasn't going to happen. I wasn't going to try to fool myself into believing otherwise. And so after surgery Thursday, I came home and, and I was kind of in and out of it for a while. And, and I remember thinking, you know what? I'm going to show Saturday. There's nothing stopping me from showing my horse on Saturday. If I can pick up my cup of coffee Friday morning, I will work all day Friday getting my arm as limber as I can without wrecking it. You know, I, I'm not delusional in the sense that I know I could damage it even though they just put hardware in there. But, but I had already convinced myself that I was going to show. And I rested most of the day on Friday and I, I had to go feed cows. And so I went out and I was caking my cows. I kept just working my arm and working my arm and it felt really good. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to make it happen. And, and I remember that evening, I picked up a rope and started just swinging it right here around the house. And, I, the, it, and roping would be the only thing I would struggle with, just, just the fact that I broke my right arm and, and I had to rope with my right arm. But it, I also had the option of, of tying on instead of dallying. And I had done both with this filly, so I had great confidence in in being able to to uh, her handling the rope being tied on so i i knew it was going to work and and friday evening i loaded her up and i drove her into san angelo and i worked at the arena that we would be showing at and swung my rope a little bit and i felt good i i i knew i would be able to do this and so saturday morning comes around and i load up head to San Angelo and, and no one really knew that I had a broken arm. I told a couple people and I actually, I was, I wanted the, the guys working the let out gates that were, that were handling the cattle after you roped them. I wanted to let those guys know just in case I was having trouble getting my horn knot off, you know, that, that, you know, that that was why, you know, and, and if I was taking a little bit too long or, or if I needed needed them to help me a little bit, you know, maybe pushing that cow back towards me to give me some slack, whatever it might have been. I just wanted them to know, and I, I wanted a couple of other people to know just out of friendliness, you know, and, and so I, I felt really good. And so when I showed in my first class, my my filly was showing a little bit sluggish. I, I hadn't been able to ride her all week, and, and I wasn't able to really – make her do much I I didn't want to make her do too much it wasn't fair to her because I hadn't been working her and also I was being a little bit protective of my arm so so I did my 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 reining pattern and then I I uh 
I boxed my cow, went down the fence, and when it came time to rope, I thought, well, I'll just, you know, I'm going to rope sidearm, which which came from another conversation that I had with, with uh, it wasn't really a conversation, we had texted a little bit back and forth, but Sc- Scott Slusher had made a comment about when his grandfather couldn't, couldn't rope with his arm above his shoulder anymore, that he just r- rode faster horses and he, he kind of would throw his loop to the side. That little bit of storytelling right there was all I needed because I realized I'll just rope sidearm. I'll Sunday loop these things. And so when I made my first run, I kind of rushed my first loop and, and kind of dumped it and missed. And so anyway, that that yearling got on the fight and I had to kind of kind of be a little bit soft with that with that cow so I could get her to move out so I could rope her. And so I finally got her to track out and, and I was able to rope her, but I, I, I was, I didn't know how to handle my slack. I, I knew that I didn't want to hold my slack all the way tight, but I, when I went to, to pull my slack, the ghost showed up and I couldn't feel anything from, from the, from the break to my hand. So it took me a second, and then I was able to kind of sort all that out, and I turned left and drug my my yearling and got a score. So I was happy with that. You know, I, I was pleased. I made a run, got a score. My filly worked great. So my second class that I had to show in was the uh, the junior horse class, and I kind of knew after my first run kind of what to expect, and we made a good run and made my fence turns they weren't the prettiest and so I brought that that yearling back up the fence and my original plan is I really I wanted to take it the other way and kind of bring it off to the right so I could just sidearm it and rope her but but I didn't want to waste a good a good run so I brought that cow down the fence and I brought her off to the left and when I got her straight I roped her as quickly as I could handled my slack made a clean run and ended up of all things <laughs> winning the class winning the buckle for that class and in and like I've told people it it's not about winning the buckle it's not about beating the competition it what this buckle meant to me is it was that is that tangible piece of evidence of the indestructible mentality that mom had instilled in me and I I feel like like I did her honor by by doing this you know I didn't have anything to prove I wasn't trying to get out there and prove anything to anybody about you know I'm I'm cowboy tough you know I'm gonna go out here with a broken arm and do all this it none of that was important to me what was important to me was was honoring that idea that mom had instilled in me so long ago the idea that if you can if you can make it happen physically then you can make it happen mentally and it was just this something that I had to do and nothing was going to stop me from doing it it and and somebody asked me the other day if i had a time machine 
would I break my arm again or would I change this last week? And I wouldn't change a thing about it because once again, you know, I had been searching for something. I had been waiting for something, um, probably more waiting than searching, but, but there was this story that I needed to share about something in my past that had to do with, with mom again, but, but it couldn't be just an irrelevant, uh, story to tell it. There had to, it had to come full circle in a way. And that's what made this week, this buckle, this horse show, this horse so much more special than any of the other horses or times that I've, you know, done well at a horse show. There, there was that, you know, not only the ghost of my broken bones, but also the spirit of mom speaking to me because, you know, I, I, we, we lost mom in 2016 and there's things that, that you can never get back once you've lost a loved one, but there's those things that you can honor and those things that you can embrace that they instilled in you long before then. And you might not know when it's time to call on those things. You you don't know always when those strengths appear. And so I, it, it it's hard to explain once again, if you don't, if you haven't been there, if you haven't experienced the ghost of broken bones, if you haven't experienced the opportunity to honor something from a loved one that's no longer here with us. And Anybody that that knew my mother knew how tough she was, how strong she was. And I'd like to believe that I'm as tough and I'm as strong as she was. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of what I did. People think I'm crazy for what I did. And people are still in disbelief that I even have a broken arm. But... I do. I, 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 but I wasn't going to let it stop me. Um, it was, it was a moment of calling that I had to do. And I, I laugh about it because it was something I joked about Wednesday. You know, I, I, I made the comment that I broke my arm on a Tuesday, had surgery on a Thursday and won a belt buckle on a Saturday. And I said that on Wednesday. And not being cocky, not being confident, it was something that I had to do. It was some it was a must. It was, you know, I, I could have shown and shown poorly and felt slightly dumb for what I did. Um and and I could have shown and done average and still not felt quite like I was doing justice to the lessons I had learned. So I had the opportunity. I had three chances to win. I had three runs, um, two chances to win buckles. And the one that was most important to me is the one that I won. And I, I showed against really good horses. I showed against horsemen and horsewomen that I look up to, that I admire. I admire everyone that does their best to be a horseman, but it, it meant so much to me when I made that run. And, and I remember when, when I trotted back and 
dropped my rope uh, and was going to trot out of the arena. The judge called me for a bit check. So I trotted over there and I stepped off my horse and, and he, he complimented my horse. He asked me how she was bred because he knew, you know, her name is Miss Jones. So he, he knew that she was a traveling Jones filly, but she was, you know, I, I told him that she was by a horse named Farmer Jones that Brooks Job owns. And I made the comment to him that not bad for having a broken arm. And he asked me what happened, and, and I told him, and, and he asked me which arm. I said, it's my right arm, and he, he made a really good compliment. First, he said I was one of the toughest son of a guns he had ever met, but then he honored my horse, and he said, there's a lot to be said about a filly that will let you make a successful run when you have a broken arm, and that meant a lot to me, and I respect the judges. I I always respect their scorecards, but when they go out of their way to make a compliment to you, that means a lot, and he recognized that in that horse. And so I felt really proud in that moment, and I know my mother would also be very proud. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm probably just going to keep rambling if I keep going, so I'm going to stop this post here and... Uh, and just leave it at that. And, and like before, I, I appreciate everyone that listens to this podcast, everyone that shares this podcast, and everyone who reads what I have to say on Instagram and then listen to those same words here on, on my podcast. So until next time, remember, there's always something to chase. Adios.